the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Right, sing it, Rob. Here we go. going on, everybody? It's another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, and we got a great show for you tonight. News and notes to get to, but first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter, at Al Gatulo, Instagram, at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com, slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email, albertg at nycradio.com, iTunes, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the show on that platform. We're Alexa Ready as well, radio.com, iHeartRadio. And the good friends at the Hopped Up Network have us on there. If you just go over to the Hopped Up Network, you will see my podcast version of this radio program, along with a plethora of others, for you to listen to and download at your leisure. Uh, and it's usually up uh, Monday mornings. I usually try and get it up right after the show, so within a minute or two after the show ends, you can listen to the podcast version uh, of the program uh, so you can listen to it overnight, which is very cool. Um, little Judas Priest to start off, little Rob Halford. I'm in the midst of his biography right now, and um, I'm about halfway through the book and enjoying it immensely. Uh, talking about, you know, being in this in this legendary heavy metal band, how it happened, um, you know, the struggles that he went through as a kid, uh, learning that he was uh, gay and that, um, you know, having to keep it a secret from, you know, not only his bandmates, but everyone else. Um, it's an amazing journey. And, of course, his journey, um, you know, with alcoholism and having to, you know, get bombed all the time, um, you know, just going through this whole process. And I'm up to the point where he's about to go into rehab. And, um, you know, it's a fascinating book. It's a really great book. Uh, you definitely want to check it out. And for some reason, the title of the book escapes me at the moment. Give me one second. And I know I will. I, I, I don't understand how I don't have the title off the top of my head. He is one of my favorite heavy metals. Confess is the is the name of the book, the autobiography by Rob Halford. Um, he is my favorite, as I drop my phone, he is my favorite heavy metal singer and probably my favorite heavy metal band, Judas Priest, of all time. No guests tonight. Uh, we're going to keep this a news, uh, seg- a news show because uh, there is a lot to get into, lots of stuff that's going on in the beer world, and um, I wanted to dive into it. Uh, in a little bit more depth. And I think for our what would normally be our interview segment, 
Um, we might do something a little different. Uh, not sure yet. I haven't really formulated what I want to do. We have suds and duds. I kind of broke my dry January. Um, last weekend, we had some guests over, and I ended up indulging in a couple of beers. Only three. We'll get to that in a couple of weeks. But, you know, it was one of those things where I just, you know, we had people over, and I felt like having a beer or two. Um, you know, so the dry January lasted about 14 days. I'm back on it again. So hopefully that'll go to the end of the month because I ended up doing that New York State craft beer thing that I had talked about a couple of weeks ago where it's a three-way collab between uh, Hudson Valley Brewery, Other Half, and um, Prison City Brewery, and they're doing a whole virtual thing as food is involved and beer. It's 185 bucks. It was worth it. Two of my buddies are going to come over, hang out in the man cave, and we're going to uh, sample some beers. But that takes place at the very end of the month, January 30th. Let's dive into some news. Uh, my good friend uh, Mike Miles, the New Jersey rep from Weyerbacher, gave me this information. The return of Sunday morning stout. It's been gone for three years. I can't believe it's already been three years. But the Eastern Pennsylvania Brewery is bringing it back. It'll be on draft starting February 11th for Valentine's weekend. They'll have crowler fills at the brewery. Cases and bottles are in the works. Uh, that's looking like somewhere in March. Uh, they want to do it uh, just draft only for now at the tap room. Um, you know, I want to get my thanks to Mike Miles, the New Jersey rep for Weyerbacher, for giving me the information. This is a great beer. In fact, it's funny that Mike reached out to me because I found my Weyerbacher Sunday morning stout mug not too long ago, and I was using it, you know, to have coffee on the weekends. And, you know, lo and behold, he reaches out to me to tell me that Sunday morning stout is coming back. So I'm excited. It's a good beer. It's a really good beer. It's probably one of the best beers that Weyerbacher makes. I love it. So I can't wait for it to be out. And, uh, and have a couple of bottles of that because that is a fantastic beer. And March is perfect. It's just starting to get a little warm. Uh, you know, there's still that chill in the air. It's nice. That's the perfect time uh, to have one of those. Now, Natural Light. I know that doesn't sound like a craft beer that should be on the show because it's not a craft beer. But something interesting they did uh, at Vanderbilt Hall in uh, Grand Central Terminal last week. So they debuted the most expensive piece of art in the world. It is a, 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 this enormous piece of artwork that they put in Vanderbilt Hall at Grand Central uh, Terminal. It's called Da Vinci of Debt. It's valued at $470 million. It's a, a, a collection of real diplomas suspended in midair as if a, a, like a, a tornado or a nor'easter uh, of wind had just scattered uh, all 2,600 of them throughout Grand Central Terminal's concourse, which is 6,000 square feet. It's an enormous space, right, if you've never been there. So um, the design meant to illustrate both the impact and scale of the crippling debt that millions of graduates are now facing. The artwork's $470 million price tag, ironically, allows uh, Natural Light to claim that its value surpasses Da Vinci's Salvador Monday, which was formerly known as the most expensive artwork ever sold. Uh, Now, you can debate that uh, however you want, but Natural Light obviously is a beer that is enjoyed by college kids because it's cheap and you can get it in bulk. So that's why they did this. Uh, to kind of um, recognize debt. And um, Daniel Blake, the vice president of Value Brands at Anheuser-Busch, says it's a very fitting analogy, analogy for the outrageous cost of attending a typical four-year college. Through Da Vinci of Debt, we hope to inspire action around the college debt crisis and drive more fans to enter for a chance to have the Natty College Debt Relief Program pay down their student loans. Marks the fourth year in Natural Light's 10-year, $10 million commitment to helping some students buy down their college debt. Anyone seeking aid through the program uh, can apply on their website with U.S. college debt snowballing to a record high in 2021. Natural Light also calling on the deep pockets of the fine art world to visit it, it, the exhibit. Now, it was only in Grand Central Terminal last week from January 14th through the 16th. Um, but, you know, kind of cool. Uh, 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 kind of cool. Now, I don't know how many people saw it because 
let's face it, not a lot of people are moving through Grand Central Station these days because, you know, of the pandemic, a lot of people are working from home. But kudos to Natural Light uh, for doing something to recognize college debt. Um, Lawson's uh, Finest Liquids uh, is kicking off the new year um, with, uh, an, in addition to their year-round offerings and the Super Session IPA series, they're, de- they're celebrating the seasons with a lineup of special releases throughout their nine-state New England footprint. Uh, the first of this year's specialty releases available in April and May, it's Knockout Blonde. It's a 5% ABV Blonde Ale. Uh, then uh, Scrag Mountain Pills uh, will be coming out uh, around April, May. It's a 4.8% ABV lager um, named in tribute to the brewery's pristine water source. Uh, Lawson's releasing Scrag Mountain Pills Salt and Lime in late spring. Uh, well-balanced dance of crisp and tart. In July, they will be coming out with a popular taproom favorite from 2020, Hops a lot. It's a 7% ABV uh, India Pale Ale. That'll be available in July and August. Then coming in the fall, Kiwi Double IPA, uh, which is a massive charge of New Zealand-grown Nelson Savon and Pacific Jade Hops, uh, an 8% uh, IPA. And then in November and December, they are coming out with a, their biggest IPA of the year, uh, brimming with juicy notes of pineapple, grapefruit, and lychee, and dry hopped out of its mind, according to them. Triple Sunshine the flagship Sip of Sunshine IPA turned up to a 10.5% ABV. That sounds pretty darn cool. So kudos to the folks from Lawson's Finest. And finally, our good friends from Stone, they've announced that Stone's never-ending Haze IPA is the newest year-round beer to join its lineup. This was a great beer. They released this early last year. Uh, huge flavor, only 4% ABV, and I was... I was shocked at the depth of flavor in this beer, and only 4%. Um, it's one of those beers where you can have a couple and not feel bloated. So um, this is the, uh, the second uh, beer from their pilot program to earn a year-round, um, you know, to become year-round in their stable. Uh, the first one was Stone, uh, Stone's Buena Vesa Salt and Lime Lager. That was a fantastic beer. I really enjoyed that beer. That was kind of like, I don't want to say it was like a Corona on steroids, but almost that same vein. Like an elevated Corona. I shouldn't say Corona on steroids. More of a, an elevated uh, type of Corona. But the never-ending Haze IPA, that's a great beer for 4%. Looking for an IPA, low ABV. Um, I don't know how many calories or whatever. I'm not really concerned with the calorie type stuff. But that is a fantastic beer. It is, uh, it'll be in 16-ounce, four-pack cans. Uh, it, it is available now nationwide and year-round. So it is definitely something that you want to check out. If you are in uh, your liquor store um, and you want to get it, uh, you should absolutely ask for it because it is a fantastic beer and it is something that you can have a few of and not feel overwhelmed. Now, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news and notes from around the beer world, including a collaboration that was done by a number of New Jersey brewers. Kane was the one that brewed it, uh, but a number of New Jersey brewers were involved in the process. I'm going to tell you how much money that they raised for this particular uh, beer that they made A very cool thing, and once again showing that New Jersey breweries can all come together to help each other out, and that is an awesome thing. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. your skin so brown 
Hard to believe it is five years that we lost Glenn Fry from the Eagles. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Peaceful, easy feeling. That is just such a great song. And if you have not seen the documentary on the Eagles, a two-part documentary that aired on Showtime, and uh, I know it was on Netflix for a while, but if you do a search and you get it, um, and you you understand or explore the origins of the band and how they progressed, that Glenn Fry was the original singer of the band, did most of the band's songs early on. Um, and then Don Henley kind of took over as the lead singer. Um, it, it's interesting the how things evolved within the band, and then they break up uh, in 1980. They don't come back for, you know, 11 years. Then they get back together, and both Glenn Fry and Don Henley are, you know, knocking out these number one hits left and right. Um, it's just, it, it, it's a really, really good documentary. And you got to devote some time to it, too. We're ta- you're talking about, you know, it's, I think it's a three and a half or four hour um, documentary, but it is definitely something uh, to watch if you're into music and you love those types of bands, especially how the two of them got together. They were, they were musicians in Linda Ronstadt's band, Glenn Fry and, and Don Henley. And, and they got together in Jackson Brown, a longtime friend of theirs, the history with Jackson Brown and uh, musician and how they you know collaborated on music. It, it's, it's amazing. It really is um, an amazing documentary. And it's hard to believe five years ago that we lost Glenn Fry to, I mean, a tragic uh, happening at a hospital that he got uh, in an infection and, and died. It's just it shouldn't have happened. Let's put it that way. It should not have happened. Anyway, uh, no guests on the program tonight. A uh, lot of news and stuff to get to. Uh, next week's show is going to be kind of a Super Bowl-themed show. Uh, at least one of the segments will be because um, the Super Bowl is the following week. And maybe you're preparing for a party. Maybe you're having a few friends over. Again, we're still in a pandemic. Don't get crazy and have 50 people in your house. But if you're having one or two friends over, or you're having, it's just you guys. It's just your family. It's just you're sitting around. I- I'm going to give you some beers that you should be drinking during the game. Maybe some... Uh, some snack tips and things of that nature. Uh, we'll put that together uh, for a Super Bowl show uh, next week. But let's dive into some news. Flying Dog, we haven't, haven't heard from Flying Dog in quite some time, but they have come out with their first major sour release. It's a fruit punch sour ale, and it's called Vicious Hook. Uh, they released it back in August of 2020. It has now been moved to an official year-round offering in the brewery's portfolio. Vicious Hook, a one-two combo of sweet and tart, uh, according to them, that stuns you with a pucker punch. Uh, it is uh, big, juicy, tropical flavors. Um, ben Clark, the brewmaster at Flying Dog, says, when the team was developing this recipe, we knew we had something special. We're just glad our fans agreed. My favorite a- aspect of the beer is the hint of nostalgia in the flavor and aroma. The beer smells and tastes just like the fruit punch we had when we were kids with an added kick to transform it into a delicious adult version. So, uh, this is a uh, a 5.3% ABV beer, and uh, it has uh, begun shipping to distributors uh, this month. Uh, consumers encouraged to visit the brewery's beer finder to locate inventory near them at flyingdog.com slash beer dash finder to find out where that is. I have to pick myself up uh, a six-pack of that and try it, because I, ha- I do have an affinity towards sours now and would love to try that and see if it is as advertised. Now, Monday Night Brewing... Uh, is encouraging consumers, uh, you know, it's dry January this month. I've tried to go alcohol-free as much as I can. Uh, They have a low-calorie, low-ABV IPA. It's called Lay Low. It's 3.2% and 90 calories. 3.2%. I mean, really, that's that's pretty low. 
Um, they're featuring Lalo in its tap rooms and at retail partners all month long. You can get a can at any Monday night location. Get a free koozie to keep that baby cool. It's available in six-pack and 12-ounce cans across Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama. You can find it in those three states. You want to check that out there. Uh, Monday Night Brewing, 3.2%. Boy, that's uh, low ABV. And, you know, again, the trend, uh, these non-alcoholic beers, we'll get to that in, uh, uh, in a second because Athletic Brewing is doing some stuff. We'll uh, talk about that in a moment. But uh, that trend of non-alcoholic beers is continuing, and it is something, uh, you know, listen, uh, there are a lot of, look, people have been home during the pandemic. People have been, um, you know, you're stuck in your house. There's not much to do. Some people have overindulged, whether it's eating, whether it's drinking. And this is kind of a way to reset some things. Uh, I just started going back to the gym, trying to get myself in shape, trying to do, you know, 30, 45 minutes a day. It's not about, I'm not trying to drop. I mean, listen, I could stand to drop 100 pounds, um, but that's not going to happen in the short term. Uh, but if I can get 5 to 10 pounds off and start working my way down from there, that's a realistic goal. And uh, as long as I'm, I'm active and I stay moving, you know, four or five days a week, uh, then I will feel better about having a beer or two uh, and enjoying, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the fruits of my labor, as it were. Um, I mentioned this in the, in the uh, first break, uh, something that I teased that we're going to talk about. And uh, I think this is really important. So at the start of November, Cane Brewing released the first Gilded for the Cause collaboration beer with the Brewers Guild of New Jersey. So 13 New Jersey breweries created a beer whose proceeds went towards the Guild and its ongoing advocacy efforts to raise awareness of the issues faced by the brewery and brew pub membership. So due to the overwhelming support and positive response, first release, a huge success. They were able to raise $24,000. That is awesome. And Kane wanted to have a big shout-out to all the local bars and restaurants and liquor stores for supporting the effort and to all the customers that purchased Gilded for the Cause. They couldn't have done it without you. Uh, special thanks to all of our fellow brewers, uh, according to Kane. These are the brewers that were involved. Beach House, Bolero Snort, Cape May, Carton, Flounder, Flying Fish, Gaslight, Hackensack, uh, Hidden Sand Beer, um, Little Dog Brewery, uh, Magnify Brewing, River Horse, Screaming Hill Farm Brewery. They all came together to make this possible. They are putting together some new collaboration beers. Uh, and when they are announced, they will um, they'll let everybody know. But this is great. They brewed a beer in November. It raised twenty four thousand dollars to help the guild. That is absolutely awesome. Kudos to Kane. Kudos to all the other breweries that I mentioned. Again, it's I I love the fact that the brewing community uh, can get together and do these things. And people who love these breweries go nuts trying to find them to support them and and you know and buy them, knowing that the money goes back to the Guild to help all of these breweries. That's awesome. Kudos, guys. Great job. Finally, um, Athletic Brewing has raised uh, a new round of money, and they've gotten some people involved. Apparently, uh, Lance Armstrong, famed chef David Chang, uh, Thomas founder and social investor Blake Mikoski, a two-time national, uh, NFL Super Bowl-winning defensive end Justin Tuck, NFL defensive end recipient of multiple Player of the Year awards, and philanthropist J.J. Watt have all joined Athletic Brewing as investors. So that is pretty cool. So um, Bill Schufelt, the co-founder of Athletic Brewing, he said, when we began Athletic Brewing, we knew that we had the potential to take non-alcoholic beer out of the penalty box and open up new occasions for the beer industry. Uh, the fact that Lance, David, Blake, Justin, and JJ, who are leaders 
in their own professional and personal endeavors would see the value in our pursuit to offer a life without compromise greatly validates our mission and sets us on the path for mammoth success in 2021 and beyond. Now, the non-alcoholic beer market in the U.S. is up 38% year-to-date, tracking towards $184 million from $132 million in 2019. Despite the pandemic, non-alcoholic craft beer market is up over 300% year-to-date. Athletic Brewing holds a 60% share nationwide. So they're the big guys right now. Um, and, and again, it, it, they're only, they've only been in operation for three years. Company outgrew their 12,000-barrel capacity of its brewery headquartered in Connecticut. They expanded their capacity by adding 125,000 barrels in its new San Diego facility, which, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure which faci- They did take over a facility, and I can't remember off the top of my head um, which one they took over. And, of course, they proudly donate 2% of all sales to trail and park cleanups throughout their two-for-the-trails program. They expect to contribute more than a half a million to this program and other charities across the nation this year. I've got to get somebody on from Athletic Brewing. got to talk about this. It's a big story. Um, maybe we'll get somebody on in the next couple of weeks. That is absolutely something uh, that I want to do. And kudos to Athletic Brewing. Kudos to all the athletes. I should reach out to Justin Tuck, see if he'd like to do an interview, too. Justin and I had a... Pretty decent relationship in the locker room when he was a giant player. Anyway, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have um, more news and a little bit of an editorial from me about, um, you know, things that are going on during this pandemic and your drinking habits, et cetera, et cetera. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Oh, yeah. Sing it, Sammy. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a little best of both worlds. Heard that the other day on, um, what was I listening to? Classic Rewind on Sirius, I think it was. I, I did one of these three-month plans where, I, you know, you get it for free and, you know, because you got your car serviced or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, heard that. There's some so many great things, although their app is not that great, their Sirius XM app. Um, took a long time to load. I was trying to use it at the gym um, to listen to music, and I use YouTube music now. That's not great. It's not very intuitive. Google Play was much better. Uh, but, look, I'm complaining first-world problems here, right? But uh, love me some uh, some Van Hagar, as you want to call it, or Van Halen, Sammy Hagar with Van Halen. Fantastic stuff. I love the guy. The guy is just awesome. Always puts me in a good mood. His voice and his singing, it's just awesome. Now, listen, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. We're Alexa Ready. We're on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and, of course, the Hopped Up Network. Just head over there and listen to a lot of the other uh, beer casts that are on there as well. Um, you definitely want to check them out, Hopped Up Network. Dot com. Now, we got no guests uh, on the program. Uh, this is normally where we would have the guest segment, but no guests this week. It's a lot of news, a lot of stuff to get to, and a little bit of a personal take for me coming up in just a moment. Kate May Brewing uh, has announced another collaboration with Tonewood Brewing. Uh, they're going to cooperate on two upcoming beers, the first being a West Coast-style IPA called Two Versions of Me. This is Tonewood's third collaboration uh, after a collaboration with 2SP Brewing Company in Aston, Pennsylvania, as well as Friendsgiving, which is a collaboration 
of five South Jersey and Philadelphia area breweries, including Cape May. Uh, this will be packaged in uh, four packs of 16-ounce cans. Um, and again, an old-school West Coast-style IPA, clear, slightly bitter, highly aromatic, uh, hyper-fresh with hand-selected Simcoe, Amarillo, and Chinook hops, two versions of me, bursting with notes of pine, resin, zesty grapefruit. It is already available um, in Cape May Brewing's tasting room um, it, it, uh, this past weekend. Distribution throughout New Jersey and Pennsylvania follows tomorrow on Monday, which will be the 25th. For more information on Tomewood Brewing, uh, check out their website, tomewoodbrewing.com, or, of course, you can go over to capemaybrewery.com for more information on that beer. So kudos to them on that collaboration. Our friends from Founders announced this week a partnership with the Philadelphia 76ers as an official sponsor for the team's 2021 season. The partnership marks the largest major sports collaboration in Founders Brewing Company history, includes limited edition co-branded all-day IPA packaging in cans. It'll debut in the second half of the season. The specialty package will be available at various retailers in eastern Pennsylvania, southern New Jersey, and Delaware. It'll highlight the Sixers' 2021 campaign, Here They Come, which is an ode to the team's victory song. Now fans can text to win Founders Brewing Company and 76ers merchandise each week throughout the 2021 season via any iPhone or Android device. The text to win code can be found in all Acme and Weiss grocery store locations. I'm assuming that's in Pennsylvania, as well as most retail outlets in southern Jersey. Prize packages will include co-branded coolers, tailgate chairs, team apparel, and more. Fans can enter to win once per week from March 1st through May 31st of this year. For more information, just visit foundersbrewing.com. Now, Coronado Brewing, oddly enough, has come out, well, I shouldn't say oddly enough, but they have come out with a hard seltzer. Uh, it took them about a year. Uh, it is brewed with real fruits. It is out now at all three Coronado locations. There's three different kinds, and it'll soon be available throughout California. No word on if they're going to ship it to their um, distribution points. It's 100 calories, 5% ABV, pretty strong for a, a hard seltzer, uh, 2 grams of sugar, uh, available in three flavor mixed 12 packs or individual flavor six packs. Now, flavors include tangerine and peach, ginger and lime, and strawberry lemonades. Kudos to Coronado. That's out this weekend. You can definitely check those out. And, of course, very soon uh, they will be available across the great state of California. Now, um, interestingly enough, um, Untapped's uh, creator, Greg Avola, is stepping down as the head of Untapped. And he posted something on his blog back on January 20th. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's a lengthy thing. You want to go over there, just check out Greg Avola, A-V-O-L-A dot com slash blog slash turning dash the dash page. Um, and he said, 10 years after co-founding and building the world's largest online beer platform, I've decided to step down as chief creative officer at Untapped. While I'm stepping back from day-to-day responsibilities, I will be staying on in an executive advisory role at NextGlass, which is Untapped's parent company. They acquired them earlier last year. Uh, I can't believe I just typed those words, but I feel that it's the right time. And and basically goes on to say that 2020 was one of the hardest years of his life, both professionally and personally. COVID-19 prevented him from doing many of the things that we uh, that you know we enjoy in the industry. He said he stepped away from leading technology as the chief technology officer into a more creative role within the company. This transition turned out to be something that was very difficult to adjust to. He cares deeply about the untapped community. Uh, he prided him. He prides himself on being transparent and building the best pro- product possible. Not just, it's not just a job for him. Untapped 
is in his blood. It fuels him every day. Um, you know, and again, he went through some personal things. Um, you can read it in the blog. Um, I believe he mentions um, he had his second son. His wife had their second son back in uh, back last year. And, um, you know, and for the first time in 10 years, he took off from the company and uh, decided to take some time to spend time with his second child. And, you know, listen, I give the guy a lot of credit. I mean, he created this thing uh, essentially from scratch. He's built it up to this unbelievable thing. They were trying to do uh, beer festivals, which they did in 2019, I believe was the first one that they did. It got some negative reaction from people. Some things weren't smooth. Um, you know, but listen, he stayed at it and he stayed with it. Uh, I give Greg a lot of credit. I use his untapped um, uh, app all the time for my beer. It allows me to keep a record of what I've been drinking. That allows me to bring suds and duds to you guys. So, you know, I get it why he's stepping down. And I, I tweeted him when he uh, um, when he posted this, and I said, Greg, thank you for all that you've done for the craft beer community. Have a great time spending time with the family, and best of luck with whatever the next big project is. And he responded with, thanks, Albert. It's been an amazing ride, and I'm honored on what you said. Here's to the future. So, you know, kudos to Greg. He's going to take some time off, kind of, re, uh, you know, rest, recharge the batteries, and um, maybe, uh, you know, maybe there's a new venture in his works. Maybe he comes back to next class and does something else within the company. Who knows? But, uh, Greg Avola, you've been a, a champion for the craft beer community for a very long time. Kudos to you, my friend, and uh, best of luck with whatever uh, the next endeavor is. Now, finally... Real quick before we have to take a break. This past week, I've seen a bunch of different breweries uh, having to close because of COVID-19, and not so much this week, in, in the last few weeks. Uh, locally in the area, Cape May, Wet Ticket, a few weeks back, Alternate Ending had a shutdown again because of COVID-19 scares. And I know that the question that a lot of people are asking is, why is this happening, right? Why is this going on? What is the problem, and how can we fix it? Um, I don't know if there is a simple answer. I know that a lot of these breweries are trying to make money and trying to stay open, and it's important for them to do so. But I also think that it's a personal responsibility that each one of us individually has to take, right? If you're not feeling good, you feel you're a little under the weather, don't go out. There's no reason to go to a brewery. There's no reason to go anywhere, okay? Um, You should stay home. Um, now, again, I can understand that if you're asymptomatic, you don't even know that you have it and you're passing it along. That's an entirely different situation. But if there's an, even the slightest bit that you have the sniffles, you think you have a cold, stay home. Because if you go to a place and then suddenly you've, you've developed uh, COVID, you're not only affecting yourself, you're affecting every single person that walked in there and did a transaction with you that maybe spent more than 15 minutes in there. You're affecting a whole chain of events. And I know that there are people who are going to sit here and say, masks don't work, this, that, and the other thing. Let me tell you something. Masks work, okay? My wife and I got invited to a party in November. We declined to go. We were doing something else that day. There were 20 people at the party. 19 of them got infected. The one person who wore her mask the entire time interacted very infrequently with people, and when she did, had a mask on, didn't take it off except to eat, Okay, and and take a sip of a drink. Okay, she's the only one who didn't get it. The other 19 people, they all got it because of one person who came that may or may not have known that she had something, but ended up a close talker being in everybody's face, spreading it around. Everyone got it. Masks work, except the person who had a mask on. That person didn't get it. Masks work. Social distancing works. Not going anywhere, of course, obviously works. But masks 
work. And I think the fact that um, there was this mixed signal thing of whether masks work or whether masks don't work, I think has ruined it for everyone because there are people now who just don't want to believe what the media and the government is trying to tell them. And the bottom line is when I go out and I go into a public place, I have a mask on. I try to go from work right home. I don't dawdle. I get what I have to get, and I get home. And I think if we all take personal responsibility for ourselves, we're going to get through this. We're not out of the woods yet. People are getting the vaccine. That's great. It's going to take time for everybody to get inoculated. It's going to take time for herd immunity to be created. Be smart. Do the personal thing. If you're not feeling good, stay home. You'll be helping yourself. You'll be helping others. And these breweries will be able to stay open and not have to close. Now I'm going to get off my soapbox. When we come back after a short break, time for Suds and Duds. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. That is awesome. That is Metallica and Huey Lewis in a mashup done by a guy by the name of Bill McClintock. And you can uh, check him out over on YouTube. And he titles it uh, James Hetfield in the News, Hip to be the Sandman. It's absolutely brilliant. Welcome back to the final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. He's got a bunch of these. Some of them aren't that great. Some of them are spot on. Uh, fantastic. This guy, Bill McClintock, does an amazing job with these mashups, and he calls them McClintock's mashups. Fantastic. I love it. When I heard that the other day, I could not stop laughing. Uh, there's also one with the Isley Brothers and Motorhead. Shout, and I'll leave it at that. Um, listen, so uh, we've, got our, um, we've got our Suds and Duds segment, which, as always, is our final segment of the program. And first off, before we dive into the beers, I want to thank the guys uh, from the Rob Dibble Show. Uh, not only Dibs, Ben Darnell, um, their board op whose name now escapes me, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, a, I'm an idiot. He answers the phone every time, and I don't remember, because, of course, I should have prepared for this segment, but, of course, Don't Be Me doesn't. But anyway, the folks at the Rob Dibble Show sent me uh, a bunch of Connecticut beers uh, for Christmas time to thank me for coming on their program. I go on uh, every once in a while to talk about New York sports, and uh, Dibs is fantastic. Dibs and I go back a very, very long time, probably... Um, oh, wow. I first met Dibs almost 20 years ago. I don't think he remembers the story. He was uh, part of the, the ensemble of the Dan Patrick Show, and uh, they were doing a show from the ESPN Zone, and we met, chatted for a couple minutes. We had him on on some shows I was producing at ESPN Radio, and then got to really know him uh, through doing these interviews that he's been with uh, this Connecticut uh, 98.7 ESPN in Connecticut. 97.9, excuse me, 97.9 ESPN in Connecticut, and um, he's had me on to talk about New York sports, and Dibs is a great guy, awesome, and they sent me these beers as a kind of thank you, and I really appreciate it, love going on the program, we have a lot of fun uh, when I'm on there. So um, let's dive into those first. First up, 
was uh, Back East Brewing Company, uh, this beer called Intergalactic Lupin, Lupinary, uh, an, an okay IPA. Uh, I, I felt like it was a little astringent on the back end. I don't know if it was because of the fact that the beer was a little bit past where it should be drank or if it was something in the process. So uh, a decent enough IPA, but the, the astringency was uh, was bothering me on the back end of it when I was sipping it. Um, then I had the Jungle Crush by City Steam Brewery. Uh, slight hop, little juice, a little bit of pine, good citrus hit on this one. Really, really nice color um, to this one. So I, I that one I enjoyed a lot. Um, they also sent me Naughty Nurse by City Steam Brewery. Uh, a very nice amber, good caramel flavor on this one. I liked it a lot. I love the fact that their can art is kind of that um, that old school black and white cartoon kind of can art. So I really enjoyed that. So uh, City Steam Brewery, good stuff from there. So that's just a couple that I had so far from them. There's a couple more that are in the fridge, but because I'm in a dry January uh, kind of thing right now, we'll get to that a little bit later on. But but kudos again to the folks from the Rob Dibble Show uh, for sending me these beers. That was great. And I have, uh, and if guys, if you're listening, I do have a little package that I'm putting together of some Jersey beers for you guys, and I will get that out to you uh, within the next week or two. Hopefully I can get it out next week so this way you have it. Uh, for Super Bowl Sunday, so you can crack open a couple Super Bowl beers, um, you know, Jersey beers while you're in Connecticut. Speaking of Jersey beers, uh, the good folks from Source, they're just always doing such fantastic beers. Thought Control is one of their better ones uh, that I've really enjoyed. I had that over the holidays. It's just a fantastic beer. I love the can art. I love the way it pours, the color. Unbelievable. Now, my friends from Alosta Brewing out in California, one of the beers that they sent uh, in the package that they sent was uh, a bottle of this pills, and I love a good pilsner. Good friends and a bottle of pills uh, from Alosta. I love the fact that this was a big bomber bottle. Now I poured the whole thing into one big glass and drank it. I'm guessing that they wanted you to share this with some friends, but I didn't feel like sharing. I wanted to drink this whole thing because I was really in the mood for a pilsner. I was in the mood for something different. Um, you know, just to kind of not not so much to cleanse the palate, but sometimes you just want something a little bit lighter. And you know, we talk about pilsners all the time. The uh, the Pilsner is a beer that takes the long that takes a long time to make. It's not something you can bang out in three weeks. It's a process. It takes a little bit. And you don't see a lot of brewers making it because they want to get other stuff out there. We're seeing the trend of Pilsners and Lagers coming back because brewers had more time to make beer because they didn't have to worry about you know their tap lines and getting stuff out right away because they couldn't have anybody in their tap rooms. So they were able to do things that took a little bit longer. This is a great Pilsner. Love the bottle. It's crisp. It's clean. It hits all the right notes. Is it perfect? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. But it is a very good, drinkable Pilsner that you can share with a few friends and enjoy. It's something crisp, clean. I always relate a Pilsner to eating pizza. If you have a good, really good pizza, a really good Pilsner to go with it, or a lager, fantastic. That's how you got to do it. Pilsner pizza. The double P. That's how I look at it. As we continue on here on our Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, uh, Menelik from Omnipolo. The sweetness from the raisins on this stout is the bomb. This was such a strong uh, a beer. In fact, I had it at Paragon Tap and Table. It was the first beer that I had with my night, and I probably shouldn't have done that. But it was just a perfect beer uh, to start off. In fact, um, Tom Funk, who who served me, was like, "Listen, dude, this is the best beer on. You got to try it right now." Bang! And you know what? That sweetness from the raisins, I love that. That was so good. And then I went to um, 
uh, Evil Twin Brewings, you're not a real New York brewery until the neighborhood cat decides to move in. Great title. Uh, smooth for a triple. Big, boozy beer, but very, very smooth. One of those ones, if I had two or three of them, definitely somebody else is driving home. Now, one beer that I had that I purchased over at Nosvino over in Westfield, boy, was this good. I wish I had gotten a couple more cans of this. In fact, the next time I'm over at Nosvino, if they do have another can or two, I'm definitely getting it. I have another can in the fridge. That's one I'm probably going to share with a few people, but I definitely would love to get one more can of this. It's not something I could drink a lot of, but for a change of pace on a cold night, Floofer, Banana Chocolate Marshmallow by Skygazer Brewing. Oh, my God. This was ridiculous. Everything in it was just outstanding. The banana, chocolate, and marshmallow just mix perfectly. Think of, I don't even know what you can compare it to because it's not really a s'more because you need that graham cracker in there. This was just such a well-blended beer. Um, And everything on it, you got the banana, you got the chocolate, you got the sweetness from the marshmallow. Everything just kind of worked. And the chocolate wasn't super sweet. The banana wasn't super over the top. Everything was just kind of, you hit the right notes, you could taste all of it, and you move on. That was a fantastic beer. Really enjoyed that one a lot. I had the 12 Round Fruits by Source. This is another one. Um, They were a little, it it pours kind of pinkish. Very much like a fruit punch type of beer. A lot of different fruit elements in it. But it was sweet, but not overly so. Like that's, and, and again, this is something that we've talked about before. It is very difficult when you're making a beer that has sweetness in it to not go over the top with it, right? You want that sweetness to be there, but not cloying. You don't want to be sitting there going, mm, I don't know if I can finish this. It's not that good. You know, like that's the kind of thing I don't want. And once again, Source hits the mark on it with his 12-round fruits. I, I think it was one of those ones that I think people were going to shy away from. It's a really good beer. If you can find it somewhere and you have a chance to get it, uh, trust me, get it. It is absolutely worth uh, it, It's absolutely worth drinking. Let's put it that way. And then finally, uh, on my trip to Bolero Snort uh, during the Christmas holiday, I picked up uh, from Bolero Snort, All I Want for Christmas is Moo. This is a fantastic beer. Milk and cookies, right? That's exactly what this beer is. Delicious, boozy. Uh, just one of those ones you put in a glass and let it sit for a little while and uh, enjoy it when you can. You know, let it warm up a little bit. Fantastic beer. In fact, I bought a bottle of this for my neighbor Greg or ex-neighbor Greg, and he loved it. I mean, I think I gave it to him. I don't remember what day was I over at at Bolero Tuesday, it was Tuesday or Wednesday, or whatever it was. And I gave it to him. And I think like within a night or two because he was off, he had drank it as well. Said it was unbelievable. It is just a fantastic beer. Um, and again, gives you that that milk and cookies kind of vibe, which I, I love. Um, and Bolero does such a great job with their boozy stouts. They had their anniversary uh, last week. Of course, they really couldn't do a big party because obviously we're still in COVID. And uh, full disclosure, I was supposed to have my 50th birthday party there last year. They had a party room upstairs. We we're going to have this whole thing, and it got canceled. And I'm hoping when it's all over, when it's all said and done, I would love um, – to have a little get together with my friends for a birthday, whether it's this year, you know, uh, I turn 51 or whatever it is. I'd really like to do that again and have a little party um, just to celebrate with people. It's tough. It's very tough uh, right now. It's tough because, and look, it's the winter months. A lot of people, they, they have to stay inside. I'm a social person. That sounds hard to believe, but I am with my friends. I'm a social person. I want to be out. I want to hang out with them. I want to have a good time, tell stories, laugh, listen to music. 
to not be able to do that with a group of people has been very tough. And I'm sure it's been very tough for a lot of people. Now, my thanks to everyone involved in the show. Uh, and, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson, who I have not heard from in a little while, and I have to give him a call. I'll be back uh, live on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. on Monday morning. This has been the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. <laughs>